All right, my man, Josh, dude, I'm super stoked. You are coming on the Alto, man. I'm super grateful for you for having me on the a Holy Rudkiss podcast a while back. And I'm great we're able to connect again, man. How you doing, brother? What's going on, Leo? I'm doing well. Uh, it's, I'm over at the in the DMV, the DC metro area. And yeah. so in Maryland, it's nice. It's beautiful weather at the time of this recording anyway. Um, but yeah, man, it's so sweet to, to see your beautiful face and all the facial hair. <laughs> I have nothing. For those that are listening, uh, <laughs> out. But you know what? Manhood is is not just the folks with the beard. So there we go. <laughs> Thank you, hey, man, brother. Hey, dude. You know what? My wife would be like, "Hey, why don't you give him some of that?" Because she doesn't really like it. And uh, <laughs> she uh, she um, is coming back from a deployment tomorrow, a small a small one. Um, so <laughs> I actually got to trim it up tonight because it's looking kind of rowdy. But uh, I digress. Anyway, so, um, dude, man, I'm so stoked to have you on again. And just, you're a great guy. You're doing some great work with the Holy Ruckus, man. You're crushing it over there. And, uh, dude, I'm, I'm super stoked about our conversation today because uh, machismo, especially, you know, ma- excessive masculine pride, that, that mm. kind of finds its way in definitely as us, you know, as us Latinos in our culture, in our families, in our, in, in, in our livelihood or in our lives, it finds its, its way in our spirits, in our psyche. But man, I think for all guys, you know, this machismo is, is an issue and it, it's definitely something we got to be aware of. But man, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to just talk with you about this as another young Latino Catholic. Um, man, so, you know, let's just kick it right off, dude. So when we talk about machismo, um, especially from a like a Latino perspective, maybe, you know, what, what comes to mind when you think of that? Sure. Um, it, when, when I think of it, I, I think of um, it's culture specific, like Latino, Hispanic, right? Um, and, but it's rooted in this like overarching umbrella term of uh, toxic masculinity, which mm. we hear in uh, Christian and Catholic circles. And so just to frame it, uh, I would say that machismo is, or how I've seen it, is just that toxic masculinity gone like pride level, Adam style, you know, King Saul, like, like level, like, you know, 15, you know, like, and it, and it's just this place of just like complete blindness to the other and just mm. very absorbed and it's damaging. It's uh, generational wounds uh, come out of it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I mean, because it's, it's something that we need to be put on notice because toxic masculinity is, is out there. I mean, that's the results of the fall, obviously. Um, but Jesus' uh, grace abounds all the more, right? Where, where sin is there, grace abounds all the more. So, you know, it, it's not going to be all hum and drum, but it's going to be uh, important, important topic tonight. Amen, brother. Well, dude, okay, so you hit on a couple of good things there. And man, you you said the word toxic masculine. I was hoping that would come up in the conversation. And I was actually doing a little bit of, you know, just some digging on like exactly what a good operation or a good uh, operating definition of toxic masculinity might be. And I found this, uh, this definition, it's like, it's basically like excessive manliness based on kind of exaggerating the traits of like strength, lack of emotions, self-sufficiency, dominance, and sexual virility. So when we say toxic masculinity, we're kind of, at least at large, I know there's a lot of other meanings and definitions, but I think when we're talking about that or when our culture is talking about that, I think they're talking about this toxic masculinity where these traits are like seen as the standard for what a man is or for what masculinity is. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think you and I, we both know, and I think, you know, a lot of our listeners know that, uh, especially in the Latino culture, especially, you know, among Latino males, I'm, I'm, I'm from a, a Mexican background. I'm, I'm Hispanic, but I was, I was born in, in Texas. And I know you're Bolivian, but you were born in the States as well. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, I'd love to just see like, have you, have you seen this kind of play out in your own, this, this machismo kind of play out in your own life or like maybe in the lives of your family and friends? Absolutely. Growing up? So growing up, I mean, well, thinking about it, when, when, you, when you and I first touched base about potential topics, uh, this one stood out, but I don't know if it stood out for the right reasons for me because I was like, well, I've never like, have I ever experienced it? You know, because and I, and I, my dad was never around. Right. So my oh, dad wasn't wow. around. So I grew up uh, pretty much without, without a father figure around and, and I was raised by my grandma, you know, oh, but wow. in, in peeling back the onion, I was like, well, how did I get there? Like, how did I, how did the Lord like look out for me and get there? Even in my poverty of like emotional poverty, how did I get to this place of like without a father figure? And it, it comes from a result of, of, of machismo of this toxic masculinity. 
um, mm. that is painted in, um, in my family tree, unfortunately, right? And so um, how I experienced it was uh, right away just in re-looking at my, my, um, my upbringing with my father and, and seeing him. And, he, and so he was active in my life uh, for maybe for the first um, five years. And then he gets himself, uh, he gets himself deported, commits a crime, and um, and it's just you know big shame on, on the family. You know, uh, finds his way back into the country. Crazy scandal story, man. Uh, wow. How he finds his way back and tries to develop a relationship, gets caught again, gets deported. So like this whole like mess. It's worse than a soap opera, dude. Like for real. But honestly, wow. it was like this heavy stuff where I I um I got to see what like toxic masculinity was. And and like machismo, I, like I I call them like they're they're both uh, synonyms for for me and 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 how they paint out. So um, the machista, right? Like the the person who who um, is accused of being a machista or uh, is someone who yeah is is self absorbed that like he can't see anybody else, right? Wow, He's just uh, very prideful, and so um, and it, and it paints itself through. Okay, so gender roles, right? Like the woman, like you better be. The one catechizing you better be the one with the faith because i'm the one working hustling you mm. uh, uh mom you definitely need to be the one uh teaching the kids you definitely need to want cooking and cleaning because when i come come home i'm entitled i i'm mm. entitled to my man cave i'm entitled to my cervecita my beer i'm entitled to um whatever adult entertainment i need at the time I, i'm entitled to relax and the, the kids need to be under control right like, have them ready to just be in control, basically. Right. Absolutely. Like you got to put the hammer down, or I am. And my and and I guess in my experience, it went from zero to a hundred really quick. So there was a lack of uh, of patience in the in the household. So I, me, and my uh, my mom um, were were kind of victims to a lot of physical abuses as, as as well. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. No man, it's it sucked. But honestly, like I mean. I could have been easily a statistic, right? Of, of like, dad not there, right? Do you, does he graduate high school? Well, does he go to college? And then does he commit, like, how many times more likely am I to go to jail? Because, right, to not be a statistic. And honestly, like, by the grace of God, like, God put me with my um, two grandmothers back and forth. I would go um, do school in Maryland and then on the weekends. And then in, um, in the summertime, I was with... Um, my other grandma in Virginia and that's how it played out. And my dad would, wow. would call here and there. And then I would visit him in Mexico because he eventually finds himself as a Mexican citizen to be kind of close to the border. I actually mm. went out to go see him and I saw it. My first time experiencing anybody like cheating on their, on their girlfriend was with my dad. I was real. I was 12 years old and my dad like shows me like, Hey, like, you know, I want you to meet someone that's really special in my life. You know, this young woman, you know, uh, and then, um, so I, I meet her and I'm like, wow, dad, like, this is so cool. Like you guys seem so happy together. Right. Spend the mm -hmm. whole week with her. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome woman. And then come the weekend and he's like, Hey, Josh, I have another young lady I want you to meet. And I'm like, wow. okay, cool. Like she Man. must be like you know, another friend. And he's like, yeah, you can call her that. And, and, Sure enough, it was another girlfriend that he had for the weekends. And that this was no social media, so there's no way they're going to find out about each other. Yeah, so yeah. We were part of Mexico as well. And so we were, took a bus, a bus ride to the other part of Mexico. And so the chances of them ever meeting up, you know, he – and I remember as a kid thinking like, oh, my gosh, he's figured it out. He's, he's cracked the code. He, he's the man. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and as a kid, you know, I was thinking – this guy's a player player. Like he's figured it out, man. He's a pimp. Like he, he's it, what a perfect system. Like when you're bored with another one, you can just go to the other one. And then when you're bored yeah. with that one, come home to the other one. And depending yeah. on which one, like, and I was so twisted by that because women were not people to be loved. They're people to be used. Right. And, wow. and so that's, and so that was like the framework and, and yeah, absolutely. Did I get scarred by that moment? Like, absolutely. How could you not? How yeah. could you not? new relationships that way how could you not uh grow up somewhat molded by this you know your your father showing this um so definitely there was a lack there but when it comes to um to that machismo and, and what i saw was i saw someone that um was never accountable right he would excuse himself 
from the table, essentially, like figuratively, like, right? Anytime there's conflict, anytime there's issues, right? Uh, someone that is, you know, has that machismo, he's going to run away from it. That's also why in our culture, and I don't know if you can attest to this, Leo, uh, Latino men, we don't go to doctors. We don't go to doctors. We don't want that bad news. We don't want that bad news. We don't want anything like, we don't want to be anywhere near someone telling us, hey, you got to change your lifestyle, homie. Like, yeah. you know, you can't be out here smoking and drinking. You can't be out here, you know. Um, We're stubborn, setting our ways. And then we don't want anybody kind of coming in like, you know, we're the chief. We don't want any other chiefs coming yeah. and tell us like, what's, uh, <laughs> you know, what's up? Absolutely, man. And so we're coming from, from that kind of culture and it bleeds out in me too. It's like, ask me when the last time I went to a doctor, like, you know, like it's <laughs> embarrassing, but there is some of that, I mean, to a, to a smaller extent, but, um, and then in the excusing yourself from the conversation, like if it's not going your way, um, you'll excuse yourself. And we see that in, um, you know, in Genesis, we see that with Adam, right? You know, it's not, it wasn't me, Lord. It was the woman that you gave me, the one that you gave me, the one that you put here with me. That's on you, Lord. So there's a lot <laughs> of that. Too. And, and forget about it. Faith wise, forget about it. Um, Sunday, if, is, is, if I can fit it in, right? My mass, if I can fit it in, right? And, and we have the gall as men, uh, and I was just talking about this on another podcast that I do. We, we have a Holy Ruckus podcast network where we run different shows. And one mm -hmm. of them is Soy Catolico in, in Spanish. And I was talking with a priest friend of mine about uh, toxic masculinity a little bit. And so coincidentally, here we are. And he was talking about how uh, Hispanic men would come up to him. And then when uh, they wanted to get married and, they, you know, they earnestly want to get married to, to their, to their, um, to their um, future spouse, um, father asked him, like, so are you going to church regularly? Like, what's that like? And he's like, you know, padre, ya sabes. Like, you know, father, I que chambiar. We got to work. Right? <laughs> and and yeah. this, and I was like, like, because there's just this coming to the country, right? If you're an immigrant coming to the country, right? It's this hustle mentality. It's this hustle mentality that I got to, that, um, you know, I am what I am by the work of my hands. I am what I am by the work of my hands. And, and if that's, and I, and I have to honestly like be about that because at the end of the day, um, and it, especially if he comes by himself, right? Yeah. He has his check, he mails out his check or he cashes his check at the cash at the check casting place and then goes out and sends it to his wife and kids back home. Mm -hmm. and, and in our culture, we paint that as like very heroic. Yeah, the hero. Yeah. And, and honestly, in some ways, in a lot of ways, that is heroic. And there's a lot of virtue in that, that hard work, that work ethic, that get after it mindset. But I know exactly what you're talking about, even though it hasn't really played out in my own personal experience. But I know exactly what you're talking about, where like, you know what, the faith, the emotional stuff, the prayer stuff, that's all for the women and the kids. But like, at the end of the day, that's not really going to like, pay the bills. That's not going to get us you know, that's not going to keep the lights on. That's not going to get us a lifestyle that we're dreaming of. So I need to go do that work. And in a way, I mean, the, the value, I mean, the, um, there's virtue in, again, in like the work ethic and the dedication, all that kind of stuff. That's good. I don't want to discount any of that because that's, that's, that's amazing, but you're right. Like <clears throat> to what degree, right. To what extent and like, what are you sacrificing when you do all that? Like, you know, um, no, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I've seen that play out and man, I love what you also, oh, I want, actually I want, you said a lot of great things too in, 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 in kind of this opening um, question, but I wanted to ask you like when you were talking about your dad and you said kind of like this uh, absorption, I think you said absorption in self. Um, do you mean like, kind of like he was kind of, did you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you okay. mean like kind of blinded to like how it's affecting other people or sure. how it's affecting you and your family? Absolutely. Uh, because that's what sin does, right? Mm -hmm. It blinds you to the recognizing the, the true, the good, and the beautiful in the other. So if he's intoxicated by his sin, he doesn't see the ramifications of it, the consequences, and he doesn't see the tethering that people have, right? It's this sad thing of, am I my brother's keeper kind of thing, right? The Cain and Abel story, right? Um, well, he's my son, but he doesn't have to make the same mistakes as me. Well, okay, good sentiment. However, as a young, impressionable kid as, as I was at 12, yeah. with no father figure to begin with, and then to have a little vacation with dad, 
right? For, for, you know, I was there for two months, you know, if I yeah. wasn't, and it was this like Stockholm syndrome kind of thing where, um, you know, you're getting physically, verbally abused, emotionally abused, but yet that's dad, you know? Yeah. And so you look up to him and you love, like, so there's this, this constant, like, should I, should I go with him? Should I not? And, and so how could it not? But that, that's exactly what sin does, right? It blinds you to the reality of how things, things are, it warps, uh, the true, the good and the beautiful, right? It comes from his hunger for connection. It comes from his hunger. Like the, the at the onset, he's alone, right? Mm-hmm. He wants community. He wants love, right? But then it becomes perverted with the rest of it. The, 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 the evil one finds that, you know, finds that little space, right? That little nook and cranny to, to, to put himself there and to dominate. Uh, and it's happening, you know, in, in, uh, in Latino culture, especially, and, and, we, yeah. and, and the kids are, are paying the price for it. And I see it when I was, um, recently, uh, a director of evangelization and, uh, faith formation for a parish that was like, say like 78% Hispanic, right? Mm. I, I, any business that had to be done in terms of faith sacraments, I dealt with the mom. I dealt with the mom. Very rarely did I ever deal with the dad or meet the dad. If I met the dad, he was dropping him off. He was dropping wow. him off and he wouldn't, he wouldn't himself go to mass. Um, and so, because we've made faith into this effeminate thing, this feminine thing mm. where, uh, you know, Mary, you know, everything else, but Jesus, you know, it, it's, it's very almost superstitious kind of, mm-hmm. and, we, and we keep him at bay. We'll kiss the cross. We'll, we'll get him tatted on our bodies, but uh, the, that tattoo doesn't penetrate to the heart. And, um, and Amen, that's where, because that's, that's where conviction will come. That's where sacrifice will come. Um, but we keep skirting it. Uh, we keep skirting it. I was talking to um, a buddy of mine, uh, a family friend who is from uh, El Salvador. And um, that story I mentioned, like the classic, I'm going to come over to this country, I'm going to work. And so he has uh, two jobs you know, walking to, uh, to work at Taco Bell, you know, all hours of the night, Taco Bell open, you know, eat great, even late type stuff. And <laughs> he's working hard, man, fourth meal status. And, um, I finally talked to him and he, um, he has a love for, for me and my, my family. He, he's my kids. And he's like, man, my, these, your girls remind me of my girls back home. I'm like, Oh, you have kids. He has two girls back home and, and a wife. And I'm like, man. So like, how do you do that? And he's like, well, I, I got to send money. Cause at the end of the day, like I got to provide, this is what I got to do. And I'm like, I, I get that. And eventually then as I get to know him more times, have more hangouts with him, I feel comfortable enough to say like, you know, you know, sending money for a bicycle is great. You know, sending money for the birthday party is great. But at one point I think they're going to just want you, mm. you know, what's the plan for just you, you know? I was like, la, la bicicleta, you know, is bueno, pero la presencia, you know, it's got to be about the presence um, to fill that absence. And so we're kind of working through it as, as friends, trying to figure out how we can figure out a way to get him out there because uh, get him back because it's all within his, you know, but it's a mentality shift that yeah. I, I don't have to just provide with paying those bills, with, with paying the money. There's, there's, there's other ways that I can be a provider. Yeah, man. Jeez, that's so, so powerful, dude. I'm so glad you said that. I mean, and before I forget, I also want to just say, dude, you are an example of, well, number one, God's grace, but also of absolute resiliency, man, with, you know, I didn't know, you know, the situation with your father growing up and, you know, bouncing between grandmothers and, you know, and then you're, you're, you know, you're college educated, you're, you're, you're doing great things with the Holy Ruckus and with your family and you're, you know, you're a provider. So dude, you are, I mean, I just want to like, dude, resilient man you're 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 knocking it out man you're knocking it out of the park dude and, and I'm, I'm just super stoked to know you and um and man you just said a lot of a lot of good things and it, like that last point um where you said um you know it's not providing is like not really always just about you know paying the bills and like buying nice things and having the experiences i mean that's important don't get me wrong but dude like you look at kids i mean i have three young boys i know you have a four four girls I'm crazy. I have, I have like uh, three, three ladies, Gianna Lily Maria Faustina, and then Joseph and my oh, new one, uh, uh, Judah. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. So five, so five kiddos, young, young kid, you got a starting line. There you go, baby. Um, and you know, so I got, I don't have any girls, but I, I know I can talk directly from my three boys, um, five, three and one. And dude, like they, they just light up, man. Like when daddy gives them some attention, man. And like, um, yeah, all that other, you know, providing is so important and like working hard is important. Setting a good example for like work ethic and just making it happen. But dude, I think both of us can speak from it. Like I didn't grow up with a lot, like materially at least. Um, and it doesn't sound like you grew up with a lot materially either. Um, but that counted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like at the end of the day though, what counted was like my dad spent some time with me. My mom spent some time mm -hmm. with me. Um, that's the things I remember, man. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that we weren't that well off, honestly, growing up. Beautiful. Uh, and, you know, uh, and I'm not saying we were like real broke or, you know, real poor or anything like that. But um, what, Matt, what, I redo, what I remember the most is my dad making time for me a lot, you know, and, and, and we still have a good relationship now. And for guys that are listening to this that are going to be parents or going to be fathers one day or are fathers now, just remember, man, like, um, you know, that extra vacation or that, that nicer school or that whatever, that nicer car, that's not gonna, um, that's not always necessary. Your kids can do with less if they have you, you know what I mean? If they have sure. more of you. That's that, and I love how you said that, man. Yeah, um, thank you, man. absolutely. Um, um, go ahead, add, man. Like, cause, because eventually, I mean, that was in my childhood. My, my dad's still active in my life now. Oh, and okay, cool. that's that next part because what are we going to do? Is this going to be cyclical and we're just going to keep this going where, uh, you know, um, I mean, he was abused by his dad, you know, I mean, he, he had his issues with his dad and whatever he saw, who knows. Right. And it wasn't until, I mean, I did have positive, you know, men in my life, you know, is a, a priest, a priest when I was in high school, like really like mentored me. And even to this day, Amen. I'm 32 years old and I still talk to this priest and he like made sure he was like, if you're going to do this, if you're going to walk the, walk the walk and, 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 and do the Jesus thing, you got to drop some stuff off. And yeah, I resented, absolutely resented my father. Um, I, I resented God, the father as a result. How could you not? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, and that's that tie in where it's like, you're, you have issues with your biological father. Well, good chance you're going to have issues with your heavenly father. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to authority figure, you know, um, things like that. So it wasn't so that priest like really sat me down and was like, yo, let's heal. You know, let's get in the box. Let's, let's go to confession. Um, put that somewhere. You know, I get it. You're, you're hot. You're hot right now. You're upset, but eventually, you know, you got to work towards um, forgive uh, forgiveness. You'll never be able to forget, but there's got to be this disposition of like willingness to forget coming from the fact that God forgives and then he like forgets your sins, at, you know, once it's done, it's done. Right. And, you know, maybe, maybe someone could correct me on that theology, but there's this, I'm not going to let it hang over you. Right. Mm -hmm. When I step out of the confessional, I'm a new creation in that moment. I'm no longer the alcoholic or the guy who watches porn or the you know, abuser, right. Or the addict. Right. I'm a person who has to deal with his crosses. Right. And so that's what it came down to in phone uh, conversations with my dad am I going to still hold this over this man's head or am mm. I going to try to fight and claw to forgive mm. so that he can be free? Right. Because I have a chance by God's grace to help someone be free. And sure enough, and, and sure enough, like me and my dad, we talk, um, you know, every other month, once a month or whatever, he has a relationship with my, with his grandkids on the phone, um, you know, working towards one day, you know, if that, if that's what happens, he, you know, we go over there or something, but we're on the road to healing. It isn't perfect, but at least I'm trying to be willing because that's another aspect of like the machismo is like the pride is so heavy that I can't lower myself to see your point of view or to even own up to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry is weakness. Well, yeah, dude. that's what you're totally. like Christ. Totally right, bro. I mean, you hit a nail right on the head, man. I mean, Dang, it's, it's like you said, it's not perfect, but like you're taking the steps, man, bit by bit. And, and, and the most important thing is you're doing it in the context of your relationship with God. You know, you're doing it in the context of the faith and, and you know, in, 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 your, in the context of your friendship with him. And, and then on top of that, you hit the nail around the head with machismo, man. That's like, that's kind of what I experienced growing up. Um, 
this like basically like uh, you don't talk about your feelings. You don't really share them. If you, if you have them or you share them, that's weak. Like basically I grew up kind of, and it wasn't necessarily my dad's fault or, or anybody's fault necessarily. I just kind of where I grew up and how I grew up and the things I chose to get myself into. I basically grew up incredibly scared of like not being manly. Right. And I, and I grew up really hypersensitive to being weak or like effeminate or whatever. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll give you, uh, just to give you just a little information on my background, um, but like my dad, so my dad, I, thank God I grew up in a family, my mom and dad stayed together, my dad was always around, um, and you know, he spent a lot of time with me, but he was in, uh, uh, I heard all these stories of him, he was in a gang growing up, he was wild, bro, like, he's got like stab marks on his back, um, him and his brothers were just wild, and like, he actually told me all these stories, he got drafted into Vietnam, and that kind of got him out of this, this crazy, like, lifestyle he was living like getting shot at knifing people you know in knife fights fighting just doing crazy stuff got him out of that saved him but he always told me these stories in the context of like that's how i was and then this is how my life changed and then he actually came to the lord he wasn't catholic a lot when i was growing up he was actually non-denominational and then my mom was catholic but but at the end of the day he had the faith but i ended up taking that his experience and as a boy internalizing it and thinking that that was badass and that was a way to be a man and what happened to me, like, even though I was, I didn't grow up in the same circumstances he grew up. What happened to me is when I got of age, I was doing wild and crazy things, not the same level he was, but man, I got jumped. I got beat up a couple of different times and dude for like 20 years, maybe 15 years after that. And I didn't really realize it the whole time. Um, that wound of getting my pride hurt from getting like jumped, beat up by, by these guys. Um, I felt like I wasn't a man or man enough for a long time. And, and for me, masculinity was like not being able to accept that I was weak to some degree or that, I don't know, I guess I, for a long time, it was hard for me to like accept that that was just a situation when I was young. And it doesn't mean that I'm weak necessarily as a person, but you know, so I just wanted to share that because that, that's kind of where like, the masculinity I, I kind of grew up with was yeah. like, um, you know, you don't talk about your feelings you you're strong and you fight and you you know you 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 dominate and like you know you don't really talk about your emotions or and if you have them you should be ashamed of them in a way and i was ashamed of my emotions my fear and i was ashamed that i had gotten like beat up and i was vulnerable mm -hmm. like that and that haunted me for so so long man that reminds anyways, me yeah that reminds me of uh and i'm not a huge uh, i'm not a, i'm an eagles fan i'm a football fan oh uh, no man oh, i'm a cowboys fan dude oh i was gonna say I was, well i'm gonna bring up the cowboys i'm bring up dak prescott uh the quarterback for the dallas cowboys yeah man who i have on my fantasy team so he's killing it even though you guys suck he's killing it <laughs> so it's all good um but he was saying um remember when he talked about i don't know if you saw he talked about mental health and he talked about his issues um and i think he was talking about his his depression or just how fragile he was uh, in regards to, I think, um, I forgot what it was. I wonder if it was the social social issues that are happening right now in the black community. I forgot what it was uh, or something with his family, but he was- I don't remember either, yeah. It was recently, it was like in the past like uh, month or two. Yeah, and yeah. He was, he was open about his brokenness, right? And his emotion. And in one of the sports talks um, on Fox, uh, Skip Bayless. Uh, oh yeah, Skip insulted like, him, right? Yeah, he he's a huge called or called him out. Yeah, he called him. He was like, he's like, you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, QB one. Like, I don't want to hear about your emotions. I don't want to hear about. Suck it up, right? Oh, you mean he could have said, be a man, you know? Yeah. But it was this idea of like, and and it was immediately like consoling to see like all these NFL players come to the defense of Dak in the sense like this guy needs to like here's this guy pouring himself out and being vulnerable and we're shushing him and saying, you know, shut up and dribble, shut up and throw the ball. Like we don't need your masculine or like that type of masculinity. Mm. Right. And, and there's a, there's a huge grace with being able to, to be up front and be like, man, I'm broken, but I'm trying to figure it out, you know? Uh, and, and that's that race that, you know, St. Paul talks about. That's that, you know, that, that walk, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. And, and that's, that's the path to sainthood, really. I mean, that's all it is, is picking up your cross and walking with it. And so, I don't know. Uh, as much as I don't like the Cowboys, I really admire Dak. <laughs> he, he showed out. Like, 
I'm going to talk about the issues in my mental health and, and how I'm trying to get through it. And, and this is a platform. Football is a platform. It's a job, but my, like it's a little V vocation. It's a job, you know? And I'm mm. trying to, if I can touch one soul, like with this, like how many people heard that? And we're like, man, I got to be more upfront. Like I can, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to share your feelings in this manly sport that, that is football. And it is, um, but you know, but are we perpetuating a further stereotype of yeah. toxic community within that? And, and, and so it plays in the machismo. Um, and then last thing, like in your experience, I wanted to bring in mine real quick. One that recently. So um, I work for a church. I mean, uh, uh, you know, for the last seven years, I've been working for, for parishes, right. In evangelization, right. That's my work. Right. Um, and then in my heavily Latino church uh, parish, you know, you, um, it's beautiful in the sense that the, the people, the parishioners, and especially the men, they don't have a lot of money, but they still offer up something in the offertory, their time, that's their treasure, their talents. And so when the church needed a new roof, when the church needed plumbing, when the church needed new pews, you know, like they called each other and they went and wow. dedicated all day to, to paint, to fix, to, to get up in there and, and to do some good. Cause yeah, they didn't have the monetary means to support, but they gave them themselves and it was beautiful. Well, one, in, in one occasion, uh, I was down there working, you know, and, and I'm working on my laptops and my bulletin boards and, and like focusing on like planning and strategizing yeah. how to evangelize. And they're there cleaning and doing stuff. And then they see me and, and I'm like, Hey, what's up guys? Como estamos? You know, uh, give them some cokes to like, you know, chill, hang out for a second. And then I, I say like, Oh, I gotta go. And they're like, Oh, where are you going? I gotta get ready for youth group and get some, I gotta go to Costco and, and buy all this stuff for, you know, a hundred Capri Suns and hot dogs and hamburgers, you know, it's <laughs> your life going to Costco. And they're like, Oh, okay. Eso es tu trabajo. Like that's your work. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, ah, and then I see them start clowning. Right. And they just, <laughs> They start talking that, that stuff. And then I go and um, I say, what's up? I, I dap them up. I say, I got to go like, ciao, you know, bye. And so, and I give them a handshake and they like feel my hand and they're it's, like, this guy has a, no, he's not working. Like we're working. No, you don't work. Like <laughs> you do like church stuff, but you're not like, you know, working, working. And I'm like, Oh, word. Okay. Like, so it's very interesting. Like that mentality. Mm -hmm. And I love those guys. And, you know, it was a weak moment at that time, but all is forgiven. Like, um, because when they see like, you know, we're going to be there to, to, to be there with their kids, you know, and we're offering ourselves um, in ministry for them and being like Christ, like they get it, right. They get it. But there are those moments where that machismo comes in and they start judging you, not just if you're working, but how you're working. And if mm -hmm. it doesn't look like, the, you know, from the sweat of your brow, like, you know, getting your hands dirty, well, that's, well, that's not work. It's that's volunteer stuff. Like, come on, you know? And so it's, it's just very interesting how, I mean, that was like, what, two, three years ago, you know? And mm -hmm. so it's still there, you know? But, um, you know, having conversations like these and having it out in the open, uh, I think it, it's going to help the, you know, our folks recognize it and call it out and call us on. No problem being called out. No, no problem. But then call me on to something, you know. Mm, yeah, tell me where, don't just tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what we can do to make this, this better. Right. Yeah, where can we go? What's the path forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I got you. Okay, well, dude, no, thanks for sharing that. And by the way, thanks for being so vulnerable, like just right from the get-go, man. Like really, you know, just being so open. I mean, that's a hard, these are real, real world things to talk about, man. It's hard to talk about this kind of thing, especially as those guys, man. And, uh, and then I want to be clear too, like, we're not talking about like, um, you know, this whole like foo-foo new wave thing where dude, you're like a guy and you're just like always crying and talking about your emotions and like, you know, and like, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? I, I, we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is just, you know, like running from your true self, man, and running from like what's really going on inside and running and like not making time or sending putting energy into like understanding like how you work and how you tick and like the truth of things really you know not hiding under these 
this facade of trying to be a certain way so you can try to be manly, right? Like that's not authentic strength. Authentic strength is like what you said, man. I'm broken and I'm working on it. We're all broken. But man, there's real courage, there's authentic strength in knowing that you're broken, recognizing it, and then just like having the guts to work on it bit by bit. It's not pretty, but that's the real path of like truth. That's the real path of life right there, man. And um, dude, I, I think this is like you talking about, you know, you use DAC as a good example. And you talked about a little bit about vulnerability. Um, dude, I, I'd love to get your thoughts too on like, we've been talking about machismo, which again is like excessive masculine pride. How do you think, and I know you've talked about this already uh, throughout our conversation, but like, how do you think that excessive pride, uh, especially in this context, could really kind of stunt your, your growth in faith, your growth in closeness to the Lord, your spiritual life? Sure. Um, I think you can stunt it by, it's, you're shooting yourself in the foot, right? I, um, it's very hard to, you know, to be on the journey and then have a co-pilot like, you know, Jesus be, be my co-pilot type stuff. It's very hard for you to comply with grace when it's all about you. And mm. if you're in vice and in that habitual sin, it is all about you. The moment you get in an argument at work or, or you're called to task or you get called out or you get chewed out by your wife, right? You're, you're going to seek that instant gratification, consolation, right? And so on the flip side, Jesus can console you, absolutely, but it ain't going to be instant, you know? Mm-hmm. And will you stay patient for that? Um, mm. I, if you're conditioned to always flee, you will not be conditioned for like that heavy duty consolation and, and you will get frustrated and you'll bounce at the first sign of trouble because you're not instant. I'm not instantly gratified, Right. And, and so that's why, like, having a, you know, a, how do you combat that? Like a regular confessor, someone that can call you out on your stuff, right? And ask those questions and be like, yeah, I know you have a habitual sin or addiction to pornography. Right? I know that because I've been on the journey with you. Well, as men, like, and I know this, you know, for sure, I'll put, I put myself out there. Like, early on in my, you know, in my 20s, like, I would manipulate the sacrament of confession. I'd be like, all right. I know I'm going to go out on this particular day. I know this priest is going to be available for confessions. He knows my story. I'm not going to go to him, right? I'm not going to go to him because he's going to call me out on my stuff, right? I just want to be able to say what I want to say without worrying about, you know, the, the, the glares and the stares, right? Well, that's twofold. One, you're evading. And then the other is there's a lack of trust there and understanding of what the sacrament's supposed to do. And mm. so there's, there's that too. So, yeah, absolutely. You can be spiritually immature and stunted because you're still conditioning yourself like the like the kid with the lollipop, you know, and you always go back for that lick. You always go back for that that extra uh, gratification because things aren't going your way. And uh, that's not to say that, you know, when I when I mentioned like a man cave and and going and retreating, there's different like using your leisure, right? Right to rest and to, to resettle and recalibrate is a must like do your podcast or read your book and play, play Madden. If you, you know, like do you, but if that becomes at the expense of your vocation and your calling as a man to be a father and a brother and a, and a son, that that's where it's it can be sinful. And mm-hmm. yeah, paying attention to your habits is key. So, um, and the only way to get that is, to get in there with the Lord, to make those appointments with the Lord, to pray, because in so doing, you'll be able to see like the imperfections, you mm. know, in the mirror. So I've been told, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so I've so, read. So but, I've read, yeah. I've read. And I will at some point uh, talk about like these saints that really are kind of the antidote to machismo uh, as well a little bit later. But yeah, because. Dude, man. Well, like before we get there, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm, I want to hear that. That's great. I didn't know you were going to bring that. That's, that's awesome. Um, before we get there though, um, actually, you know what, let's get there. Um, uh, let me real quickly though, let me just say, um, I, I like this one definition I found of pride and it said pride is the excess love of one's own excellence. And, um, and this is highly connected to again, machismo, uh, which is like an excess of pride. And I just, 
I like the key word there is love, right? Like it's not that you you're not proud of your like it's not it's okay to be proud of yourself. It's okay to um, have pride in when it's justified, and especially when it's like related to something good or a good standard. For example, like. I don't know, um, you work hard and you earn your degree. I mean, that's something you should be proud of, right? Or like you do a good job at something. You should be proud of that, you know? Like not excessively prideful. You're not in love with your pride, but you should be proud of it, you know? Or like if you have kids and, and you work, they work hard, you work hard to coach them to, to accomplish some tasks. For example, my, my oldest son is really getting really good at his bike. I'm really proud of him. And I, 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 I'm proud of myself too, because, you know, I've, I've coached him through it. I'm, I'm just, it's a, it's a good thing, you know? Um, and I, I don't want us to come off. I don't think we are, but we're not saying necessarily like you, you got to be devoted pride. You got to be a robot. Um, you know, um, we just, the thing that we got to like look out for, because like you were saying with instant gratification, also pride, like you were saying earlier is blinding. Um, and it's like, it's, it's, it leads to a lot of other vices, right? Uh, St. Aquinas said it's like the queen vice, so to speak. Um, we just don't want it to be, we don't want to be a slave to our pride. You know, we want to be in love with our pride. Uh, so I just want to make sure I, I said that, but um, I'd love to hear, um, dude, your thoughts on like specific saints that we can help use to combat machismo. Sure, absolutely. I mean, and yeah, just read it like, again, you know, be rest in security of your accomplishments like and that your shine it, you know reflect that back up to the lord like the lord loves nothing more than to be excited for you and cheer you on when you're you know um and and, and think what you might uh about kanye west right but he he talks <laughs> about how um you know when he's singing the songs to the lord he believes that the Lord wants him to show off and show out like in the sense of like nothing makes him more happier than hearing his name proclaimed. Right. And, and, and there's a grace there. That's a, there's a beauty there. So definitely um, if it's rooted in the true, the good and the beautiful, be proud about that, share that because there's other folks that need that and, and maybe are ashamed of that. And so we need to go ahead and shout that from the rooftops a little bit more. Yeah, like have confidence in that. Trust that. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. man. Gotcha. Uh, for our kids, man, especially for our kids. Um, let's see. Um, saints that really can help combat machismo and toxic masculinity. I mean, some of these are, you know, are your like, oh, of course, like, you know, you got you got Joseph, man. Like Joseph is is our first one. Joseph is a guy um, who we just hear about through, uh, you know not necessarily through scripture, but just tradition. And, and what we hear about anything good that we can say about Jesus, we can say about his parents, right? And how um, he, uh, he was raised by them. And Joseph's example, and not even having a word, you know, in, in the Bible, in the scriptures, like that's some humility there. Like the, the, the legend or the, or I'm sorry, the, the memory of, of Joseph is one of no words, just work. You know, mm -hmm. say Joseph, the worker, pray for us, right? Uh, someone that um, heard God's call that, you know, that ha has that dream and moves. One of my favorite images of Joseph uh, is that, and, and some movies and some art depict this where um, tradition tells us that Joseph was not there at the moment of birth of, of Jesus. Now you can debate this all, we can debate this all around, right? But that he wasn't there, that it was an intimate moment between god and mary right and that joseph mm. was somewhere else like and and a lot of tradition a lot of sacred art has depicted that joseph was sleeping like way to go joseph really? like you're passed out and i don't know if you've ever seen uh, pope francis. <laughs> i've been working all day <laughs> you know, right um that joseph uh pope francis has on like on by his bedside on his nightstand he has the image of joseph sleeping like and he's just like laid out sleeping and there's this this beauty of like but that's he's it's potential energy right like he's 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 ready it's it's getting cocked back only to like fly the mm. moment like we gotta flee you know and and he does it he knows exactly what to do or at least he plays along like he does enough mm. to have confidence and say like this is the lord's will we gotta bounce we gotta move and and having that wisdom to tap in is, is huge so joseph in in those things and that's kind of maybe extracurricular, you know, cause it's not necessarily in scripture, but it, it takes away nothing 
from from Christ and from Mary, but this idea that um, that Joseph is someone that moves, that moves mm. and acts. Um, uh, Saint Jose Maria Scriva is oh, love him. boy. JME I, man, JME. I call him JME. That's just my thing. But yeah, I love him. Cool. I love that. I love that you have your thing. Um, <laughs> because like, especially for men, like I always had in, in all my men's groups, uh, I always like promoted like the the way the furrow and the and the forge, like the little purple book, books, yeah. all of his quotes, especially like his stations of the cross. I kid you not, you want to get thrown in the dirt real quick and you think you're something cool, let let Escriva speak to your heart real fast and put you down for a second. He's going to pick you up. He's going to dust you off, but he's going to put you in your place real quick if you think you're somebody hot because <laughs> Escriva is on fire, man. He yeah. is absolutely lit with the Holy Spirit and just how he talks to, uh, to men and speaks to their heart is something that is like, it's like he shocks you and then he like motivates you and says like, let's go, you know? Yeah. And so Escriva for me as, as a man, I, I need that kick in the pants. I come from a football background. I coach football and I, I like the kick in the pants, um, but not like in the abuse that's I've, cause I've experienced that too, but it's this, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, toss you around a little bit, but I'm going to then call you to be more. And uh, Escriva does that beautifully. I think. Dude, I got I to gotta second that, man. Like the best way I can describe, well, first of all, I got that, I got that book, that little book, the, uh, gosh, now I'm blanking out, The Stations of the Cross. I have that on my bedside. I, I, there was a period of time where I read it pretty much every night. I, you're right. It's amazing. And it's, by the way, it's, it's famous. It's like, it, there's so like, I don't know, a kajillion copies when it first came out and it's still selling. Uh, but I, what I love about him is like, he's just so clear and direct, like, like just tells it how it is, man. But in like a super loving, relevant way, man. It's like, like you said, like he calls you to something greater, man. That's probably the best way I've heard. That's the perfect way of putting it. Yeah, man. Just, just got to second you on that, man. There you go, man. And then finally, man, Peter, I love me some Peter, man. Peter is that, you know, I, I don't know. Like, he's that dog, man. He's like that, like that dude that like thinks he's got it. And he's like a blundering idiot one moment. <laughs> yeah, he speaks like, you know, uh, you know, blessed are you, Bar uh, you know, Peter, like, like Holy Spirit speaking through you, like, my, like, like the things that come out of this man's mouth is at one moment, like shake my head. And the other moment is like, praise him. You got it. You got it, Peter. And the beauty, um, because his, his faults are all depicted. Right. But then there's that moment towards the end where um, Jesus reassures him like, Hey, you know, um, you will show your love for me. It's right after he says, like, you know, I love you. You know, I love you. You know, I love you, right? I love you like a friend. I love you like a stranger. I love you like whatever. Um, then it comes down to like Peter, like one day they're gonna they're gonna take you, and they're gonna take you somewhere you want to go, and they're gonna chain you up, and you know, and you will like you will do it. You do yeah. love me, like, and that like really stays with me. Like he still like wants that, like he wants to love and he, he will sacrifice. It takes him a minute. It takes him a minute, but he, he eventually does lay it all down. And so Peter, for sure, for sure, man. So, yeah. All right. So Joseph, Jose Maria Scura, JME and, uh, and Peter, dude, yeah, man, I think those rock star lineup, man, can, uh, they can take you to the whole gamut, man. They can, they can you can see like their 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 faults except Joseph and then, and then um, and then you can see like man like they're rising to the occasion and and they they combat I think in today's postmodern like the toxic masculinity the machismo I think the antidote is mm -hmm. found in these three saints and so at least I've I've they've been a big grace in my life so well dude I don't want to put you on the spot here but can you is there anything like a particular devotional, particular prayer? There's no right or wrong answer. Is there a particular book? Um, you know, anything like a, something like a, maybe like an actionable item that maybe someone listening to this may want to look into if they want to kind of grow in this area or they just want to, mm -hmm. you know, that maybe has helped you with like, um, sure. you know, this yeah. pride or with this machismo or just this area. Sure. So I, we already mentioned Escriva's greatest hits, right? The way the furrow and the forge, mm -hmm. and then I think his um, way of the cross or Christ walking by, 
um, those works by Escriva kick butt. His novena, like, like we'll, we'll really like notch it up a little bit. Um, I'm a big Pope Benedict guy, uh, Pope Benedict mm. uh, Emeritus, and he, um, his collection by the Magnificat of all his like his daily calendar meditations. Oh yeah, I have that book. Yeah, I love that book. So digestible and so like, boom, like the hit and hard hit and, and like I have like three copies in, in different parts of like I think I got Real. one in the bathroom, like one in the kitchen, one in the car. Like Dang that's, man, that's awesome. In the car with me, but also like, you know, at school with me because I just want to pull it out and just like, yeah, it, it's like super 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 awesome for me and so Amen. yeah um, his meditations uh, uh uh benedictus i think it's called benedictus mm-hmm. uh, sold out everywhere i don't know like you gotta do some work to find it but um his calendar meditations on the daily uh benedict works uh escriva kills obviously so good um is there another one uh, dan england and the noonday devil is something to check out as well like um yeah other other than that oh uh praying to divine mercy praying to divine mercy developing that so it just comes freely out of your lips like mercy. divine mercy chaplet yep praying the divine mercy chaplet is huge and then develop that with yourself and then if mm-hmm. you're married guys or if you're you know engaged introduce it or reintroduce it or like be the initiator and present it to your wife and do that um, because I tell you what, when, when things are heated, me and between me and my wife and we're, we're going at it and my passion, my Latino, Latino, he starts happening. I tell you <laughs> what, hold, holding her hand and praying that rosary and asking for mercy uh, is, is uh, definitely like incredible for, for our marriage and for me and my further trying to grasp what is true masculinity. Like, True masculinity is someone that like, like invites mercy into his life. Wow, man. Invites mercy into his life. Never heard that, man. I love that. That's great, dude. Um, That's powerful, man. Um, Yeah. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about pride and one of the things that I was hoping would kind of come up is humility. Um, because in a way it's like the, you know, the opposite of, of pride, so to speak. And, um, and one of the things I'll just share this, um, you know, one of the things that I'm working on, I'm trying to do my best, but basically every day I've been praying the litany of humility. Right. And, uh, man, that just, for me, that just does it. There's specifically one line that says it's, it's, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with litany of humility, it's just like, it was, they're not exactly even sure who the original author of it is, but basically they found it. On, I love that even more. Yeah. Cause they were so humble that they didn't so even take credit for it. <laughs> uh, so basically they, uh, it, it traced it back to, um, I can't believe it. I think it was a Bishop or a father. I, I could begin that wrong, but basically, um, someone that worked in the Vatican and basically found it on his desk. And it's just, it's just like these, all these small little prayers and, the one line that always gets me every time is like um, that in the opinion of the world that others may increase and I may decrease. Um, and, and I'm just like, that's for me, that's, that's it. Cause um, you know, I just got this, I've got this need for recognition, validation, affirmation, like all these needs, right. You know, I got all this uh, incompleteness that I, I want or that I need. And, and um, God, I don't want my life to be about that, man. I don't want my relationship with God, my relationship with my, my wife, relationship with my kids, my family, my friends. I don't want it to just be defined by that or ruled by that. And like, I'm trying to bit by bit, every day when I say that, I try to like, just like, I get, again, not not to be a robot and not to kill all the pride because there's there's good pride, but like, I'm trying to kill the bad pride, man. I'm trying to like Absolutely. throw like weed killer on that stuff, man. And some um, spike ADDF or whatever that's called. <laughs> uh, and. And then the other thing for me, I'm a big believer in the power of a spoken word, like the spoken word, man. Like what I mean by that is like, you know, a lot of people talk about visualization and all this kind of stuff. And I guess it kind of ties to that, but basically like, like we all have to tell our own stories to ourselves, meaning like, like things that mean something to us, like only me, like only we understand them. We might not be able to put it into word. We have to develop these, 
these mantras, right? These, the power of the spoken word that we use in hard times to get us motivated, to get us, to get us to keep going. And one of the ones that I've used that really means a lot to me is Servia, right? You know, St. Michael crushed pride, right? He's the first person that, or, you know, he, he crushed pride, right? He, he's the archangel that crushed pride. And um, he said, Servium. He said, I will serve to Lucifer's non-Servium. And Servium has just, to me, has been this reminder, this check, this hit in the gut that like, dude, I need to be about, I will serve, not, I will, I'm not coming to be served. You know what I mean? And I try to like, like, I don't know, I'm a stubborn person. I try to beat that into me. But um, anyways, um, we do, we've had, we've had a lot, we've talked a lot about a a lot of awesome points. You you brought up a lot of great insights, Um, but I wanted to make sure we save time to also talk about your important, awesome work with the Holy Ruckus, man. Um, Bro, tell me a little bit more about the Holy Ruckus, the vision, the mission, what you're doing, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Holy Ruckus comes from uh, Pope Francis's words on uh, World Youth Day Rio that we should go out into the streets, into the, um, well, not, you know, oncoming traffic, be careful. Uh, but in the parish, <laughs> like, you should go out and evangelize. You should make a mess, a holy mess, he calls it. Like, that's the strict translation. A ruckus, un leo, right? Um, and, and, and so leo, there you go. You no, there we go, baby. There you go. <laughs> so definitely, like, there's this um, sanctification that needs to continue happening in the church. And, and we got so much stuff that you know the rad trads and the charismaniacs all this stuff and i don't like pope like no we just need to like be about our holiness we need to be about our holiness and bringing people together and so the holy ruckus uh sets out to uh through blogs podcasts video content and our podcast network um try to have these conversations of of um different walks of life and different different ways to go about it so it's so cool it 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 strives to be orthodox absolutely uh and then but we're trying to talk about things that like maybe other folks like there's all like, I can't do it better than Mike Schmitz, other Mike Schmitz. I can't do it better than Libertas Live, but they're in the middle. There's somewhere in there. There's, <laughs> there's a little space where we can work and we can talk about like, well, what does it mean? Like the dignity of a human person in regards to the unborn in regards to minorities and, and immigration and uh, black lives matter. Like, you know, we don't have to agree with the organizations obviously for whatever else, but also like, screw the politics and everything like, but where is the faith angle and where is the church speaking boldly about the dignity of all persons? Like that's what we're focused on uh, and trying to be that voice in there. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. We've been at it for, we just did four years in September. We've been at it for, for four years doing the podcast. And I do with a buddy of mine, me and uh, father Pat Mullen out in DC. So Mm. it's fun and crazy. We got, um, other podcasts that we're doing, we did, we're doing a Spanish branch called El Santo Leo, which is just the Holy Ruckus in Spanish. Um, yeah, so a lot going on. We got bloggers. And so, um, but I want to put out an announcement for the fellas. Do me a favor. Um, fellas and ladies, if you're listening to this, uh, go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and find us on Instagram, Facebook, um, but really tap in. And if there's any writers out there, any writers um, that have something to say, and uh, and I really picking on the the fellas here because we need more more fellas to to write uh so if uh if you're interested in blogging about your faith and you really got something to say um there's a there's a way to submit you know a blog entry and to see if that's something that we want to go with but other than that man yeah just trying to stay humble and, and stay trucking along and having fun man it's it's been a blast and we're so excited to uh to be in this space and create dude like this is so much better than just playing Madden all day. So it's good. <laughs> uh, dude, well, and how can people, how can people, uh, what's the website? Well, how can we, how can they follow you? Um, yeah. So the website is theholyruckus.com uh, on Facebook, Instagram at the Holy Ruckus. Um, me, uh, Josh Mosh 355. That's, that's ah. just, as, a, as a kid, Josh Mosh 355. And so that's on uh, Instagram. Other than that, uh, the podcast and everything is on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. You just got to type in The Holy Ruckus and then all of our um, podcasts under our network and different mm-hmm. places that, that do stuff for us. And uh, there's a podcast called Here to Heaven with mm-hmm. Father Bob Kilner, like, and he's Opus Day like based. And so his stuff is like on the money all the time. And it's like a quick hit, like 10 minutes, five minutes of just like you're in the car and you need something to just pump you up like he's got it so like there's always wow. something so yeah we're working man we're hustling That's which is great kinda, man getting yeah. after it baby 
That's, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, trabajo. Uh, trabajando. Mm-hmm. Um, well, dude, I'm so grateful you came on. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm, you got me, you got me fired up, man. You got me motivated. Um, dude, you're super, you're super blessed. You're super charismatic. And I, I just want to thank you for, you know, you know, paying that outward, man. And, and just for being such a great example of faith and resilience, man. And, and just continuing to give, man. Well, um, dude, um, again, so grateful. And um, dude, we're going to have to have you back on sometime. Absolutely, man. Let's, let's do some more work together. And thanks again to all the folks at Libertas Alive. I love what you're doing. And are you still running? Are you still, you're not running? Oh, yeah. Every day, man. I have to. It's part of my, it's part of my, it's like almost the air I breathe, man. Was it like 18 miles like every day? Oh, no. I just, no, 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 no. Not, not, I, I nah, man. I, I can't do that. I literally run like two miles a day most of the time. No? It's just okay. like little stuff, just, just little yeah, stuff my, to, to keep moving. God bless you, man. My vice principal at, at my school at uh, Pilates in Laurel, Maryland. Uh, St. Vincent Pilate, he like runs like 18 miles like it's nothing like it's water and I'm like <laughs> yeah I that's not me and and I don't even and I definitely don't got the time for that too man I wish I could but uh maybe maybe you know we're all in different seasons of life right you know we all have different seasons of life and uh you know maybe once our kids are a little bit uh older maybe we'll have a little more time for that kind of stuff <laughs> sure sure thing man thanks so much Leah All right, brother. Well, we'll chat soon and uh, God bless my man. Have a great night. Peace, man. God bless you. Yeah.